0: Welcome to the Eat Slay Live Podcast.
1: And we are the Lock executioners where we eat lightning and talk and thunder and power bombing you lightning ear holes today. Is that Ross doing
0: that?
1: Face does pump. That hits. Well, Russ, I never know what to do and so it, like last time we like they they uh the the with J- Jonathan like the song went off and yeah. then we like we redid it. <laughs> like we started saying you know, what I'm it saying. A, that was an awkward moment
0: yeah, in was... our podcast history. <laughs> Uh, yes. Hey, I did a little different. I went, I went all three of us today mm-hmm. because I thought I would get the producer of the of the song. I would like <laughs> to see his reaction, so I gave. He was like, thank you.
1: Well, yeah. it th- well, he actually he came in sort of humming the song. Like, <laughs> yes, the he, was he was ready got, to go when he got here. I can't hey, stop producer of the song, kind of producer of the show right now, to be honest. <laughs> you, right?
0: And I, when we gotta apologize because we're not yes, doing the song justice. We are not.
1: We and, and for people out there, like you know. We have Aaron Kellum on the on the show today. He he came up with our theme song, and uh, Ross and I have yet to put it into our little mixer track. We don't know how. We don't know how. (laughs) And so we play it real jinkily with a Bluetooth holding it up to the speaker. And so we are sorry for that. The co- and and Aaron's a quality guy when it comes to sound and stuff. We are not so we're not doing it justice. But soon when soon you hear
0: when soon. you hear that, you think when you first heard it on our first <laughs> one, yes. what was your thoughts? I
1: hear it now and I think it got better because
2: the first time I think you played it through <laughs> I, the computer. Dude, I, had <laughs> the, I, I had well,
1: I had the uh, the Bluetooth jammed up against the microphone like they'll hear it we're better different. this way. So yeah, I was holding it a little farther away this.
2: I thought, because I was listening on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, I wasn't watching it. So I just thought I sent you the wrong file. Yeah. I was like, oh no, that file is very corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I need to send them a better file. I didn't know it was just, being didn't held know. Out. It was we, the
1: users. We were the corrupt. Ones. Yeah. yeah. So I feel better.
2: But that bumps on there. That yeah. doesn't feel too bad. Yeah. But yeah, once we it hits get it the system,
1: there, once yeah, we get yeah. it here, it's going to be awesome. People are going to be seeing it for. Because the way it sounds directions. in my truck, mm, <laughs> I mean, really, it bumps. <laughs> it does. It does. It's got good bass. Yes.
0: Uh, hey, I'm glad to see that you made it into the studio today. I know you, you've been under the weather a little bit. I mean, Todd likes to claim he doesn't get sick at okay, all. Okay, but for whatever reason, he had a little sore throat and I, stuff. I, and...
1: I was not sick. I was not sick. <laughs> oh, okay. My unsick, my unstreak <laughs> sick streak continues, Ross. I had a sore. You're right. I did have a sore throat. Okay. I didn't miss any work. I didn't miss anything. I did have a sore throat. But I wasn't no other symptoms. So my throat, my throat did get really bad for a while. It, it, here, here's how bad it got So I, I took Dude I haven't taken an antibiotic
0: Did me. you take one?
1: So here's I, I messaged And I'll just say a, f- a friend of mine Who works as a Like a, a PA or Oh here
0: PA we go Underground You took some underground shit I got shit. some black market <laughs> anti- And I said hey
1: Is a sore throat the sore going. she like I, Half the population have them And she's like I'll um, She's like You want some antibiotics I'm like no I don't take antibiotics And so I saw her like the next day and she's like, I brought them anyway. And my throat at that point was ter- like, I couldn't hardly talk. And she's like, I brought them anyway. If you want to try them, dude, I grabbed one whoop, popped it. But dude, it made me feel so weird. Like I only took what she gave me like six of them, five or six of them. I only took one to give the rest back. Like, <laughs> it made me that I took a nap that day. I was like, felt feel like I was hallucinating. And then I told her, Oh uh, yeah. I don't know what all. she gave yeah, me. he's like, you that's all in your head. <laughs> that's all in your head. Yeah. But then I looked at because I didn't even look at it, I just took it. But I looked at it and ended in like CIN and I'm allergic to penicillin. And I'm i wondering if it was like penicillin based. I don't know. I don't, anyway. Over
0: my head. Anyway. So I don't know how to put a song on our <laughs> so Anyway, medicine.
1: My unsick streak continues. I had a little sore throat.
0: And you know and and then you you text in our group chat that we have with Laura.
1: With the, our natural. Yeah, heat, I don't. I, th- I
0: don't think you made her day.
1: No, she was mad. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be on the show here soon. And yes, yes, don't, don't ever go. take antibiotics. Oh. She was all she, over. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, alive and kicking, and just spreading strep throat wherever I go. Thank you. <laughs> 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 it's not strep. It's just. I don't know. Anyway, Aaron, welcome to the show. Man. Thank you. Hey, Ross, I really think he is a listener. I think he is. A, li- a lot of people claim it when they come on here, but I think he is. The last
0: two guests, I think, are listeners. Mm-hmm. And you know, the last two guests have been people we were on our list from the get-go. It took a while to get them both in. but
1: R- Real quick, who was your favorite guest we've had?
0: Oh, I well, like. Ooh, let's like, put him on the spot early, right. Todd. Right. yeah. God. yeah. Jonathan Denny was great because he was a coach
2: of mine. So it was cool yeah. to hear some of the story that I didn't know about. Yeah. I forget. Oh my gosh. The
1: guy's name. But someone he, mentioned Pastor Phil. He didn't talk about you on the podcast, but he talked Phil Schneider. Yep, yep. He talked about he said you were a worship leader for him or something at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah.
2: I think I forget the guy's name, but the one about Woodstock was great. Uh, oh, God. Tobias. So, okay, <laughs> Rod, if
0: that. we could edit, I would edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I like we don't Tobias want, getting we some don't credit. Tobias thinking he's <laughs> yes. that was good. That shot. one it was good. I was in yeah.
1: <laughs> No, that was, it was it was really good. So anyway, we appreciate you coming on the show of course. all the way from Los Angeles. Uh, we didn't know if this would this would ever happen. Um, I, a couple things I'm gonna start with, Ross. Um, so I, I you know I was doing my research. I do research, Ross doesn't. Uh, I learn so as I go. It, I love found an art, uh, an interview with you in an, in a magazine. Okay, and it was a quote from you, and I love this quote, Ross. And Ross, I know you're going to probably write this down.
0: I'm. I'm it says be, be kind. kind. But no, <laughs> it, the well, quote. it's
1: it's it's along the same line. Okay. He says, "Who you are as a person will outlast your talent as an artist." I've been in many rooms that, on paper, I shouldn't have been in based on talent alone. The way I've treated people has opened more doors than my ability ever will. That is. That's great, right? That Facts. is great. Yeah, Facts. Yeah, that is really good.
2: Yeah, that is something I've carried with me. At first, I think I said it because I wasn't that good of a musician, so it was an easy way to uh-huh. to say I'm not talented without having to say I'm not talented. <laughs> yeah. But now I've put in a lot of work to be a good musician and a great singer, and I will still take that to the grave that I will get into rooms, people invite me back because they enjoyed being with me. Mm-hmm. They know I'm a good player, but there's people who can outplay me, outsing me. But me being the person I am will that's the
1: thing that gets me back. Yeah. In the room. Man, I, I yeah. totally agree with that. Not, yeah. not that's in an your awesome case, quote. But in, in all cases. Um let's uh let's backtrack and let's just uh, real quick, let's just kind of get some some history on you, where you're from. The best town on planet <laughs> earth. Metalto, Illinois. Austin, Born and Texas? raised. You're from Austin, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> But Illinois I was born and raised Living
2: in the same house For 23 years Mm -hmm. Your parents still live there? They still own the house But they live In a different house now I got you
1: Yeah Yeah Um, And so Went to this civic memorial yes, right you yeah, actually played basketball for our brother ty i did i heard he didn't play you much i've, I've heard not from him but from somebody <laughs> that's else facts yeah you know yeah. you know what, somebody, and that's okay you let me tell Ross another little quote then this was, you know i reached out to you know i do research you don't i reached out to a few people and this was what uh, a fellow teammate of his said Oh, ready uh, his attitude of always doing your best and never giving up on his dream goes all the way back to basketball under ty Aaron didn't get to play a lot, but he knew his role and did everything he was asked and more. His consistency and always working on his craft along with his positive attitude has always been something that separated him. Mm. Wow. So yeah, there you go. wow. going back to your basketball basketball days. Yeah,
2: I mean, it was deserved. We, we have to look at the story. I played, I think I started playing basketball in fifth grade. Loved playing basketball. I was a decent point guard. I quit my junior year so i didn't play junior year uh i knew i wasn't gonna play varsity i didn't want to (laughs) run in (laughs) practices for nothing the coach at the time i I wasn't a terrible guy just like this style didn't work for me so Uh i was like i'm just not gonna play this year and the fact that ty let me play my senior year i remember he came to my house we sat on my front porch and he was just like why should i let you back on the team
1: he was at your house yeah he came yeah
2: to give me a chance to play again because i mean on paper i was a quitter i quit uh-huh. the team i let the team down because i didn't right. play jv ball and so i kind of didn't deserve to play a lot my senior year because i quit my junior year but the fact that he let me come onto the squad uh i will never forget that the way he came over and handled that situation hmm. of like talking it through he didn't just you know have hearsay where we had a roundabout conversation he yeah. actually came to my house we sat down he talked about why i wanted to play again what it was going to look like. He was very honest, like, you're probably not going to get a ton of playing time because you took off your junior year, you missed a whole season. So th- there was good reason that I wasn't playing a ton my senior year. Ron, and Ron, he was very he, open about
1: what, it. What he's trying to say is it wasn't because he wasn't good. He was just saying because he missed his junior year.
0: But I, I think that probably someone... Named Stephen Jones probably played over him. Mm. Oh, good. I, I that didn't help either. <laughs> that, does, 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 yeah. that doesn't help anybody's playing time. in your Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey,
1: and that's why ties the best locks, right there, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, at what point in, in your life, like, did you did you discover like you had musical talent? That you would know what be, saying? yeah. We have you always like just been interested in music and playing instruments or singing or. I would say a little bit. We had somebody gifted us a piano when I was like seven, I think. Mm-hmm. I forget
2: my age. And I took lessons for like a week, but I played by ear. And the, the guy who's giving me lessons hated that because I would come in and play the thing. She's like, you weren't looking at the music, though. I was like, I didn't need to. <laughs> yeah. I played it perfectly. She's like, no, you got to read the music. That's why you're here. you're here to learn how to read music. I was like, well, I don't need to. I just played it. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I quit doing that. kind of, you know, I tinkle around every once in a while when I pass by the piano but eighth grade year at Trimpy was the first year that they had acoustic guitars in the classroom. So we would open the closet door, they'd pull out like 12 acoustic guitars. and Other kids are
1: over smashing them over <laughs> each other's heads <laughs> like the honky-tonk tongue right. N-W-O. <laughs> and
2: you're playing it. <laughs> well, Josh Cummins was in my class, and him and his dad were both, I think his dad plays a lot. Yeah, of, he does. Uh, with Screaming Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Josh was in my class, and he could shred, and I was like, man, this is... How do you do that? And he invited me over. His dad came down and showed us some things on how to play. And so eighth grade is when I picked up guitar. I was in punk bands in high school, just playing basement now, shows.
0: Now you you played you played in a band and played the talent show when you're in yeah. high school, correct? I did. But I, hey, I swear. The only r- the reason I remember that is because they were good. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't know what to expect when they came on. They're like, well, oh, that's that's easily the best show that's in the talent show." Thank like you. This year, I mean, it was they were good. We weren't terrible. That's yeah. Pretty,
2: yeah, yeah, I think that was with Nolan right? I think it was <laughs> yep. told twice. Was the band? Is that that wasn't
1: the band? I saw one thing. Did you actually have a band at one time called Bear Hug Jersey? I did. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. What, I, <laughs> go, what goes in the name in these <laughs> these bands? Well, Bear Hug Jersey, Ross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that one
2: was. Our drummer at the time, he had a, most guys like will have, if you're in bands, you'll have a list on your phone in your notes of cool band names. It's like a <laughs> thing you do. Yeah. I'll still do it every once in a while. Like, oh, that's a cool band name. Even though I'm not yeah. trying to be in a band, but <laughs> yeah. still do it. And so he was at an airport in New Jersey and there was just a t-shirt that said Bear Hook Jersey and he thought it was cool. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. he's like, I think that's what we should name the band.
0: When you're in high school and, and you're playing in a band, is it just to put? Pl- are you just playing in the garage practicing or were you guys actually going out? and playing places. At that time, it was a lot of
2: playing in Nolan's basement. I think our first show was actually in his basement We just had all friends come over. But we were playing at uh there's a spot called the Creepy Crawl in St. Louis, which I probably shouldn't have been playing at as a 15-year-old kid because <laughs> uh-huh. it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> uh and we played a lot of VFW halls. So you were getting shows. In high school. We were. Yeah, in high yeah. School. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the roundhouse in Wood River? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We would play there like every weekend. Really? Yeah. That was a thing. Kind of like a teenage yep. hang out. Yep. yeah. That's yeah. Fun. We'd always book a lot of out. chicks.
1: You get a lot of chicks. I worry.
2: Uh, It was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was, yeah. <laughs> I was also very the picky. Singers,
1: the singers always get the chicks. Don't they, Ross? <laughs> like God. you see this dude on stage and yeah, if you saw if, if a girl saw him walking down the street, she'd be like, or maybe cross the street, but then he gets up and starts singing. Oh, Game over. Something about, yeah. yeah. about it. Something yep. about it.
2: Yep. The lead singer Jesus syndrome.
1: Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they felt that way about big biceps, Ross. Anyway, so uh, we playing in a band. High school, uh, liking it, digging like you like. This is that that point you're like, this is what I want to do. In high school, no, I still thought I'd play soccer Uh because I was playing soccer. That was that
2: was the sport for me that I thought I'd play. College, Mm -hmm. I had a few offers, nothing like massive, but Uh enough to go play somewhere. But it was right when I graduated and I was making that decision, and I was thinking I should probably study music if I want to pursue it a little more. That time I was thinking mm-hmm. I would just sing in churches as a living. I didn't think... I had dreams that maybe playing in a band would make a living for me, but the, being realistic, I was like, I'll probably play in churches to make a living. Yeah. And so I thought I should probably study music education, and when I looked at the schedule for soccer... And the schedule for music, because music classes are like four hours long. Just that and art. Those classes are so long. I was thinking, there's no way I can do it. So that's when I made the decision. that They're not
0: set up for athletes to be in them. No. They're not 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 working around any kind of schedule like that. Two days and
2: music classes is not going (laughs) to happen. Not a chance. So that's when I was going to college.
1: That's when I was like, I think music's going to be the thing. You know, one thing you find out as you get older, Ross, like the band and like the drama theater clubs, they practice way more than the sports teams. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. You know, there are hours that go into it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like this full days, like, yeah. like the band will go up there and just, they'll just play like nine hours. they about there marching on the parking lot. Yeah. Cause yeah. you have one moment. Yeah.
2: In basketball, you can, you know, yeah. throw a ball out of bounds and pick it up the next play. And you can right. make
1: mistakes and it's okay.
2: Yeah. You do that in a band and it's game over. Yeah,
1: so then how do we? So I know you're you're leading some church worship's yep. and was that in high school or was that out of high school?
2: That started in high school. I was at huh. Zion Lutheran Church at the time. Okay, and that's a big church for yeah. yeah. It was, and at that time, Lutheran churches weren't really doing uh, contemporary stuff or where youth got to sing, and they set up a youth-led service every third Sunday. And so there's a gentleman, his name was Harley Schmidt. I pretty much owe my name. My name was
1: Harley Schmidt. It's a good name.
2: (laughs) I kind of (laughs) owe, pardon me, my entire career to Harley because he would take us up every week, show us how to play guitar and sing in that setting, like with the band and in the Mm -hmm. church scene. And the amount of time that he put into myself and Nolan Wright teaching us how to play guitar, how to sing, really he just wanted a break. And I think in his mind, it's like, I got to do this so I can get some Sundays off, but it <laughs> changed my life forever. And so high school is when I started singing to churches. I was about 16, I think, the, thir- the first time I sang at a church. And it was it was the same. It was like, girls think this is cool. There's yeah. girls in the youth group, they're going to think I'm awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing kids. about ch- church music these days, like I remember when I was a kid, like it was just like some hymnals and the, and the, the pastor sang and his wife played the piano. And nowadays, it's like, every church like it's like a gospel concert every time it's like stripers up there do you stripers? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know it's like they're up there every single it's a concert every time yes. you know it's like you can't just hey, pa- here pass around the hymnals go- turn to page 153 do you know what i'm saying like, oh percent.
2: you got to put on a show yeah you got to have the best musicians that <laughs> when we moved to la that was i could not believe the talent that uh-huh. was there i mean i i was leading worship here and i you know it was people who Oh, yeah, I played piano 12 years ago. I'll come play sure, with you guys. Come on up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm singing with people. I'm the leader of this group. And there's people who are like on tour with Weird Al Yankovic doing background vocals for him or doing background vocals on the biggest shows on TV or musicians yeah. for all these guys. And I'm like, what am I doing? Right. These, I mean, those are the heavy hitters that are playing like every church in LA. Do you,
0: Do you still sing in a church?
2: I do, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, the church out I'm somewhere. In California. There's about three that I'm helping with right now. Because mm-hmm. right now there's a big, there was a big like exodus of staffed worship leaders, mm-hmm. and so there's a really big need right now for just somebody to sing on a Sunday. Yeah. So I've been kind of doing that contracted stuff with a few churches. That's cool. Uh, yeah.
1: Um. So did you? So you college playing soccer or you know did you at that point did you did you finish college here? I I did. I went to Lewis
2: and Clark. I was just confused as heck. I had a music scholarship, so I went in. You have to do an audition. I played guitar. I played very poorly. Uh, Again, it was my attitude. They believed in me as a human being and not my talent as a guitar player. I auditioned for that. I got a music scholarship, but I studied art because I was thinking I could go into architecture as well. It's like a confusing time. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to be a musician, but I was like, architecture could be a thing I do. So I studied art for two years at Lewis & Clark started playing some bigger shows. So I was like, I should really study music. So I did two more years music education. And I finished my degree, but my last semester, I missed half of it because I was traveling. But the instructors were great. They were like, hey, if you just write us essays on what, how what we're teaching you, played out on the road, like how it actually worked in the real world. Oh, really? Because I think they want to know, too. They wanted yeah. to know, like, okay, what we're doing is actually beneficial to somebody who wants to not just go sing opera somewhere, but actually wants to do this thing for a living. So I would write papers on how vocal lessons were helping, or the guitar play class or piano class was helping me on the road. And uh, so that's when I finished, because at that time, I was like, I'm just traveling too much, and I think yeah. this, this dream is becoming a reality. So.
0: so you're 21, 22 when you start traveling to play.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 23 was like the biggest year of travel for me, and that's when I was out of college. But 21, 22, I started some Midwest stuff. In 22, I was probably doing more nationwide stuff. And 23, was a lot of the big, the bigger tours. Gotcha. Yeah. So wild. Um, so young.
1: So we end up going to L.A. That's where we are now. Mm-hmm. So how does that come about? Are you just like, it's not going to work here? Or are you just like, you pack up everything? How? Tell me how that happened.
2: <sighs> I'll try to keep this short, because there's kind of a lot that goes into it. So Jared Reynolds and myself... Mm-hmm. The year we gra- graduated, his sister was living in L.A., and she was working for KPMG, making more money than I think she knew what to do with. Uh-huh. And she's like, y'all should come visit and help me move. And she's like, paid for us to come out and help her move f- like a block. There was no need for us <laughs> to come out there. I think she just wanted to show us L.A. So I went out there, and she took us around town, and I fell in love with L.A. It was very unrealistic that I could live there at the time, but it, it was in my head at that moment that I think this would be a spot I'd want to be And so um, the more I was playing in bands, the more I was realizing we're going to outgrow St. Louis at some point. Because the scene here, it's a good scene to build a little momentum. But if you stay here, you kind of have to do the cover band thing if you really want to make a living doing it. And so it was in the back of my mind for a while. I started an acoustic duet called Audrey and Aaron, and we quickly outgrew the scene here and we needed to go to L.A. or Nashville And uh, we won this national songwriting competition. They flew us out to L.A. My wife got to come with us. And it was like the second we landed, we were like feeling the air. Mm -hmm. Like, it's pretty nice here. And my wife's like, I think I can move here. And like, that's all it took. I was like, yes, I've always (laughs) wanted to move here. That would be great. And she grew up in the military, so she has no problem relocating. And so it was literally like in a moment that we decided L.A. is going to be the spot for us to move. We knew we needed to go there at Nashville, but... It was kind of that hopping off the plane. You're just in it,
0: thinking like, "Yep, I think this is gonna be home." From from that from landing that day, how long did it take to you guys remove there?
2: We came back. Oh man, we so we were living in Rosewood Heights at the time. We had this really great the house. The hood, Ross. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were right down the road from you. I remember driving by when the gym was in the backyard. Of <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, we were right on the other Bender and Airline, like round the corner gotcha. right there. And so when we, when I say we, when my wife bought that house, because she's a baller, when she bought that house, there were like 10 people in line to buy it. And so we're thinking, all right, we're going to put it up for sale. We're going to sell it ourselves. And it's just going to be literally, I'll put the sign in the yard and it's going to be people. Yeah. so i remember we were like i was dusting That's
1: nowadays that's not yeah.
2: <laughs> i was dusting corners it was like 12 a.m was like we got to get the sign out but it has to be perfect because the second i put it out i know somebody's probably just <laughs> watching waiting this was rosewood heights yes yes okay yeah and so it took about a year and a half to sell that oh and we thought it was going to be a day yeah. <laughs> and so it was a year and a half from the time we knew we wanted to go yeah. and we tried to go and we sold everything when we put up for sale we had a, a yard sale Literally opened our doors and said, whatever anyone wants, name a price. So, so for a year and a half, we had a mattress on the floor. <laughs> we had a dresser with a Is TV on it. Is
1: this in Rosewood Heights or in California? Rosewood, Rosewood Heights. Heights. Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. A mattress. They thought they were gonna sell their house so. Quickly. Oh, so oh, you did sold the yard all their sale. shit too. Oh, you yeah. sold the stuff. <laughs> it was
1: all one. Mo- <laughs> like, let's just
2: get it out because we we got to get out of here. Mattress. Oh, gotcha. Sounds yeah. like sounds like they my thought they were gonna sell <laughs> and <laughs> close <laughs> <like> my house.
1: <laughs> <on>
2: <laughs> sell clothes. Move like in two days. Yeah, that was the mindset. Yeah, so we had nothing. A TV, a little like coffee table and little rolling chairs like this that we would have dinner on for two years, <laughs> almost two years.
1: Um. So w- real quick, we kind of skipped by What is? Where did you meet your wife? We met at Rue
2: 13. It's an 80s sushi bar in St. Louis. Uh huh. Were you uh, playing there? No, just- the story, it was just all, it's like, you know, only one of those stories that God could orchestrate because I was in a band at the time that was traveling a lot, so we were meeting a lot of people on the road. One of the bands we met on the road was in St. Louis, and we were supposed to go to their show, and that would have been it. We would have gone to the show, hung out probably left afterwards but our lawyer at the time called like a last minute meeting with us and so we met the lawyer at blueberry hill missed the show and these guys ended up going to rue 13 after their show to hang out and so we went and met them at rue 13 and my wife i walked in i saw her across the bar and she was there with a guy i used to play shows with and so i just you know went up to say hi to him
1: mm-hmm.
2: thought maybe he'd introduce me I thought maybe they were together, but I didn't really care too much at the time because it was that moment. I was just like, I've never seen somebody that beautiful in real life. And there was just something in that moment. So we met and he, he like quickly shut down the conversation. Yeah. I think he even said, yo, like, how's everything going? And I was like, well, you know, things are he said, cool, man. All right. See ya. Like, I, didn't get to, I didn't even get to He was about to pile on how good things were <laughs> right. much better now. And so I remember vividly watching her walk out of that place uh-huh. and thinking, if I never see her again, I'm going to be devastated. And so I had to, MySpace was the social media platform at <laughs> the time. I had to, I knew she would either be in his top eight <laughs> or I knew she would be on the wall somewhere. And so I went, I had to add him as a friend. We weren't even friends. I added him as a friend. Oh man. <laughs> Found her. Dirty. Oh, I had to. Yeah. I just, I'd never felt in that way. In the name way. of love, Todd. Yes. I'd yes. never felt that way. And I was pretty picky. I like wouldn't date people over, two weeks if i just didn't want to waste anybody's time didn't want to mace, mm-hmm. waste my own time and so i never felt that way so i was like i gotta find her so i stalked around my space a little bit yeah. a- invited her to a house party in staunton illinois <laughs> <laughs> and she stopped talking to me and i didn't know why mm-hmm. uh-huh. she, she thought i was gonna like rape and murder her because she's from missouri and she just thinks illinois is like east side right, right. yeah anything illinois is just east side and not people you want to interact with. Right. So she thought I was going to like murder and rape She was her. right
1: about the not you <laughs> don't want to interact with. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so took, my, took a while. my space, that you had like a song playing in your profile, right? Yeah. Didn't you? I didn't mm-hmm. have Myspace. space. But uh, so what was her song? Oh, gosh. Because you had to, that would be something like in your profession, mm, yeah, you'd be very question. judgy about, you know? Yeah.
2: Oh, man. I just probably didn't. I just uh, couldn't no, believe I really. found her. It would have been, uh, there was a band called boys like girls who were getting pretty big at that time it was Mm -hmm. probably a boys like girls song gotcha i would i would think
0: country boy can survive (laughs) put it
2: up never took it down yes (laughs) or or it would have been a nelly song yeah (laughs) oh you think so nelly is like hers so uh,
1: is she in the the music profession at all or no
2: she's a physical therapist Mm -hmm. but she like she loves me so we when we met she was going to shows a ton it was so random i played when I was 16 playing with Creepy Crawl, there was a band I loved from St. Louis. And anytime we could open up for them, we would. They were like pretty standoffish to us because we weren't that great, so they didn't really care. But Kristen was dating, my wife was dating their drummer at the time. So every time I played and with them. This is the guy that you went up and talked to. This is a different guy. Dang. She's now jumped to another one. <laughs> well, the, no, Dang, Mrs. Oh. <laughs> you're groupie. I'm backing up to when I was 16. Okay. So this is many years before we met. Uh, but she, oh, was we, at, she was at these shows. Like, I would have been standing next to her, and we just had no idea. Yeah. So we have a lot of commonalities and music we were listening to, music so, we hey, liked. I know
0: all of our listeners. I, I can't let, let it go on the subject. So by the time you went out on your first date with her, was she still dating the guy she was with at the bar, the other musician, the, your, your acquaintance, <laughs> your ex-bandmate? Your, <laughs> did she break up with him for you? She said they were never dating. okay. Yeah. He but really she, wanted to. Uh, I think
2: he had been asking for a long time she, if she'd so, go to dinner. So she stopped hanging out with him. Yes. But. To hang out with you. Since I invited her to Staunton, she had a bodyguard with her the first two dates.
1: Like a buddy who was. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we like the first date was science center because it was easy she lived over there. Uh and I didn't know but I show up and it's her and there's a guy walking close to her. I was like that's interesting. <laughs> what? Huh. And she's like, yeah, this is my friend Ron John. He's going to be hanging out with us. <laughs> what was his name? Ron John. Ron John. <laughs> yeah.
1: So hey, Ross, you don't mess with the dude named Ron John or Harley Schmidt. Either <laughs> one You're of Harley, them. You're Harley,
0: I'm Ron John.
2: <laughs> Man, <laughs> Ron John.
0: <laughs> yeah, so all the pictures we have
2: from our first days like me and Ron John building, ah! building the arch at the <laughs> science center. <laughs> the two of us doing all these things together yeah. and Kristen just taking pictures of it. <laughs> That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to work. Yeah. She had to make sure I was
0: not a murderer, which is so, good for her. She should, so she you, should do that.
1: You guys, you sell all I've your
0: never, heard, I've, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that.
1: What? Bringing, bringing a guy? Yeah.
0: Bringing another guy bodyguard uh, to a date? Yeah. I hadn't either. <laughs> I just didn't care. She could have done anything. <laughs> wow. I was
1: like, I
2: have to, I have to know more about this girl. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Uh, I'd have fought the bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> He was was
2: a comedian more than he was a bodyguard. Some real warriors. If I can
1: beat up Ron John, will you go out with me? She's like, like, sure. Wham. (laughs) (laughs) Just take him out right there. Uh, He gets a knuckle sandwich for his appetizer. (laughs) Um, So then sell our belongings. Uh sleeping on a mattress mm-hmm. and a year and a half later we sell you sell the house now as your wife is she looking for physical therapy is she a physical therapist she is at that time? yeah
2: she we weren't a hundred percent sure where we would land mm-hmm. uh so she was loosely looking but we kind of saved up what we thought was enough that us for a while in physical therapy <laughs> it, it, it's bought, never it bought
1: lunch in la yeah it? yeah
2: i think it made we got there we arrived in yeah. la okay.
0: <laughs> so how does it work out you, you you were in a you had like a duet yeah. Going on at this yep. time. So was it, well, Audrey. 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 Yeah. So she, did she already move out there? She How did, did that work with, I mean.
2: Yes. So she also
0: thought our house would sell very quickly. So she moved and she was there. So you guys all talked about this together. Yeah. Like, all right, this is where we're not going to Nashville. Let's, let's do LA. Yep. And her sister lives. So lived she there. moves out there and she's just like, okay. Just waiting let's, around. Let's here. Go. guess I'll get a job and <laughs> figure some stuff out. Yeah. She waited for a
2: year for me to get out there. But she, her sister lived there. Okay. So she lived with her sister. So it wasn't just like. Her alone in no, L.A., guess, which guess, would yeah. have been awful. So, yeah, she was there waiting for a year for us to get out there, which is...
1: Now, did you nice. have any other contacts, like, in the musical industry, musical world out there? Or are you just going to go out there and just start beating the streets and banging doors? That was kind of it. We knew... So I like doors, Ross. Banging doors is what I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> doors. <laughs> the company
2: that flew us out to shoot the music video and to record the song that we... Uh, wrote for that competition Mm -hmm. that was like all we knew and then audrey's sister and is he
1: telling you hey you can make it out here you can do it come out here they talked us up a lot like
2: they basically i don't know if i can say this it almost seemed like the competition like they fought really hard that we would win because they it sounded like they really believed in our music um and so having that because we went and i'd never been around equipment like that like what they were filming with or the recording studio was super nice so them even just saying like y'all are amazing was enough to think oh we might have a shot if people like this think we're good and so that was really our only contact and I mean they were it was they're running a business they weren't trying to help us out every single day so we really just went out there just us figuring it out.
0: Are you guys still doing things together? We actually are
2: now so we that year kind of took a toll not being able to play together right together. So when we got out there, we were trying to write an album and record an album. And there were just like circumstances that we, things that you just don't talk about uh, that we should have talked about like logistically about yeah. living there and moving that that we didn't. So it kind of fizzled out pretty quickly after we moved there. But she's just started writing music again. She's been out to L.A. twice. She'll come out for like a week.
1: Also, she doesn't live out there anymore. No, she's back uh she moved here
2: for she married somebody in the air force air force marine marines and so she's all over she's in South. singers and
1: marines ross (laughs) um (laughs) and plus like like you talk about logistically in la like like around here if you live five miles from each other it's okay it's easy to get there in la say you leave five miles and that's like 500 miles right easily yeah yeah Yeah, that could be a Twelve-minute drive. It could be a three-hour drive. Right. Yeah, I saw no a idea.
0: I saw a map the other day, and <clears throat> it had um, Los Angeles County, and it showed the other five states <clears throat> in the United States that had more of a population than LA County. Oh, really? There's like five states in America that has more <laughs>
1: of a total population than that county does. That's correct. <laughs> it's packed. It is packed. I'm gonna. I we're starting just while we're here. We're starting a new little segment today, Ross. I haven't told you about Ooh. this. So one of our avid listeners, uh, my best friend who lives up in Chicago, I like we refer to him as Chicago Bob. He doesn't like that. But uh, do we
0: consider him listener number one? I think we. do. I do think so. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so Chicago Bob, he's sending a question. And while we're on the LA topic, I'm going to throw it out. Yeah. There. So today's uh, seg- Chicago Bob question of the day. Uh, When he is moving to, he said, this is like a question to you, when is he moving to Nashville or even Austin, Texas, for that matter? And he just stopped right there. And then he says, with the current state of Los Angeles and California, high crime, high homelessness, high taxes, insane traffic, what does he foresee the state of the business being in one year, five years, 10 years in LA? He said, not many movies are filmed there anymore. For those very same reasons is the music industry in a similar situation. Very fair. Great that's a question. Great question. I, I, and he just, like, today I told him to, like, send us a question. And that was today. It's a great it, question. That's an right? amazing question. That got,
0: that got deep. I like that. It yeah. really did. I thought yeah. it would be something At like. first you know, I was like, uh, and then I, where are you going with this? And I like yeah, that. Yeah, now I'm okay. thinking, like, do I, should, I, should, I thought move it, right now? <laughs> 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 I got some questions. And more going on than I, really. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about any of this. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> uh, no, that's a great question. All that is very true. The only thing that would get me to move out of L.A. would be the crime. Because it's definitely gotten worse in the past couple of years. Luckily, we're not like going out to a lot of places that the crime is happening. However, with the music scene, it's a little different because most of the music happening currently in L.A., in Nashville, wherever, is no longer the big studio concept. So it's not like I'm going every day to this big studio where someone's paying millions of dollars of rent or whatever. It's every, it's a home studio. So mm-hmm. this, I'm working out of Endure Studios, and it's in a home in the hills in Hollywood. Uh, so rent isn't cheap there, but it's not like it's just different than the movie industry, the way the music industry is right now. And so I don't foresee needing to leave LA for music because the biggest thing is just connections with other human beings who are doing it. And nobody's leaving for those reasons in the music world, unless you're like running Sony and you want your offices somewhere else. So you're not yeah. paying taxes on that. But I don't foresee needing to move. The studio I work out of, he owns a studio in Nashville, so I'm going to Nashville probably quarterly to do writing camps and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't foresee the music scene leaving
0: L.A. like the movie scene is right now because it's definitely and I, the outsourcing mo- a lot. <clears throat> the movie scene, because our, our boy Delaney, you know, we got the inside scoop, they move and start doing things in Atlanta a lot and places like that to save them money on taxes right, mm-hmm. is a big thing there. Massive. Yeah, yeah massive. I mean,
2: yeah. And I mean, realistically, that would be smart just as a human not to be paying the taxes that we're paying there. However, there is the intangible that I, I think about it. Like, could I come back to Bethalto and do what I'm doing now? Technically, I could because I'm in a studio all day writing music. However, I'm not around the. Feel people. free to
1: come and use our studio if you like. <laughs> right, come on, you set up, get one of those rooms over there to be a little soundproof.
2: <laughs> Perfect, yeah. But the people is when I really realistically think of that, I couldn't be around the people I'm around. There's just something about the atmosphere of Los Angeles that puts you in a headspace that's much different yeah. which i think is such an important part of writing music and being a creative human you got to be somewhere where every day when you walk out you instantly feel a sense of creativity yeah. you feel like everyone around you is part of that bustling industry instead of what's plan b cuz a lot of if you're not around people who are in that industry a lot it's hard to really understand what I'm doing as a musician so you always get the questions of well what are you, like what what are you actually going to do in life or those kind of things so when you're around people that tangible is like I I just can't I can't leave that. Got to have that environment. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And the sun is shining all the time. You're a singer. You know, what I'm saying a lot of your songs are happy, Summer. positive songs. You know, you come here and try to try to write a song <laughs> in the middle of January. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah.
0: I just hang up the pad in, in the winter here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, I, mean, and like, I I like what you said there with uh, people can't really wrap their head around. Okay, well, what are you really going to do with your life? And I think that's a that's a big reason to bring you on here to explain. What what do you what is your daily life? What is your occupation? What do you do on a daily? What uh, you know? I would like to know all of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. from your songwriting to your singing. Um, kind of kind of cover that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm working out of Endure Studios.
2: Uh, so I'm there five days a week. I go to the studio. You know, are, you that, em- are you employed
1: that, by that, them or is is you, it no? It, do you it's have to more of time? a what?
2: it's more of like a back end situation. So he's just a good Jay is the owner of Endure Studios. Uh, he should be on the podcast sometime. Y'all would enjoy him. What? He's in, an interesting get you him here? Yeah, I will. <laughs> All yeah, right. Yeah. Well. yeah. I'll, I'll make it happen. So he, it's more so like we are writing music together, and he's producing a lot of my music, co-writing it. So there's a lot of back-end money that comes in from the music industry. And so really the agreement is just like, let's work on a lot of stuff together and just kind of build this empire on the back-end of the industry.
0: Okay. So your songwriting, does that, is that being bought by other people? Or are you solely keeping all your songs?
2: Currently, I'm keeping the majority. If I'm writing anything for other people, it's actually with that artist in the room. So I'm not typically writing a song. Because the whole Nashville scene right now is getting cut. So you write a song and you try to get it to somebody who's doing top 10. Yeah, uh, Mine is very much writing for myself, I would say 95% of the time. And then 5% of the time writing for other artists who I believe in and I see potential in where they're going, or they're already doing their thing. But the majority would be my own music or writing for another artist who's currently there, and I'm just helping them formulate the song. Is your
0: your main source of income from selling your songs on Apple or, or whatever platform?
2: That is part of it. The biggest part is through music licensing. So like right now I have three songs on the most recent season of Love is Blind. And so that's the world where you get bigger back-end checks. And so I'm with five licensing companies who are all pitching my music to different, like that specific company is pitching my music to reality TV. That's their biggest client. So stuff like Temptation Island, uh, The Ultimatum was a Netflix top 10 show that has some music on. Uh, So a lot of reality TV, I'll just be watching like, oh, that's that's my song. I didn't know it was on there. But that world is where a lot of the, the back end stuff. There's a, another company who does a lot with content creators. And so there'll be like top YouTube creators, families who are using my music. And there's a lot of back end in that world too. So that that is the biggest portion of the revenue stream would be the licensing world. Gotcha. Yeah. But it's all music. I'm just writing for myself. And it works for that world. Which is great, because a lot of people have to specifically write for that yeah, world yeah. and kind of detach themselves from it. They got their own music here, and then they're writing for what they think should fit. Yes, which you always get generic stuff. I mean, it works, yeah, and it, you make good money in it. But when you can combine the worlds where you're writing things that really matter to you, and then it gets picked up in that world, then it's like you're creating even more of a moment for a scene. Even if it is reality TV where it's, some of it is a little trashy or whatever, you know, people have thoughts about it, but it's still creating a moment for a scene to happen and makes, like, I get comments all the time on YouTube where it's like, I'm here from Love is Blind, that song was perfect in the background, now I'm a big fan. Just because you create, like, it wasn't me generically thinking, oh, this could work, it's me writing something from my heart yeah, and it worked for it.
1: You're writing something about love and then they have a scene on there that's like, Exactly. Involving love or exactly. Their version of on right reality right. shows. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you still perform live? Do you still go some places and, and do venues and, and perform?
2: I took a little time off during COVID because mm-hmm. I'm releasing a new song every month, so I'm writing, 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 writing all the time, and I so I took a little time off pre- from performing because you have to really be strategic about performing, especially in LA, because. There's like a certain scene if you're only singing in LA that you have to kind of get into to really get like seen and known because you could go play clubs any day of the week, mm-hmm. but it's not doesn't do anything unless you're very strategic about it. So I took time off from that, but I'm gonna start playing out live again uh, at the top of next year, and do that's you miss gonna be it? a big do push. Do you like it? I do. I love the songwriting portion more, mm-hmm. but I. The, actually, the reason I got back into performing because I took some time off and I was only singing at churches and writing for other people, but I played, and what my music and my personality can do in a room, I just can't deny the impact that I can have on other people's lives in that moment that doesn't have anything to do with my music i just the last show I played, I remember I was the only person in the room who had the crowd sing along, like I taught them one of my songs, huh. and in that moment i didn't create. Something cool where I felt good about people know my music. I created a moment where all these people came in from different scenarios, backgrounds. It was right at like one of the first times we could get out after the COVID lockdown. So everyone's already in this like weird bubble of like, I don't know if we can talk because you probably think something about something that I have to hate you for. So you have all these different backgrounds coming in and in one moment they were all singing along, cause I got you, baby, and like looking at each other and like, cause I got you, baby. And so I have a whole room singing that. And in a moment we were one and cohesive and unified. And so I know that my music can do that and I can do that. And I'm very intentional about creating that kind of stuff in a room. And so that for me, I don't like have to have the limelight on a stage, but I know what that can do. And I can't deny that. And I do love being able to create that create that moment for people.
1: What a great moment that is! That's awesome. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, oh. we can talk all day about how music just—I mean—the the impact on lives. But but there's nothing like being somewhere at a venue and then everyone there is just singing along with a song. There's just something bonding magic. It is magical. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah, because you know? I mean, we're especially now we're just so torn about
2: everything, and you like feel like you have to be against certain people and. When we have a moment where we're just, all of that's gone, and you're just focused on, like,
1: unity. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. What What was your, and we're kind of, we're skipping around, but that's just how we do because we're unprofessional. I love but it. How, uh, what was you say, like, your, your first, I guess, break would be as you got out there to L.A.?
2: Mm. In L.A.? <clears throat> Honestly, probably yeah, – that's very unprofessional me blowing into the microphone. Like You'd think <laughs> I would know better. Uh, it would probably be joining Endure Studio. So I joined Endure at the beginning of the pandemic. So March
1: 2020? Where, where did you meet Jay, right? Where yeah, meet-
2: so I was playing acoustic guitar for a, a singer-songwriter, country artist that he produced and wrote for. And he was at the first show I played with her. And we met – he plays the acoustic guitar very similar to the way I do, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't think there's like a noticeable difference. But we're both very much right-handed players, so a lot of what we do is a percussive. Like we're trying to make it feel like you're also hearing drums, even though you're not hearing drums by the way we play. And so some of her records, I was thinking, if I didn't know, I, I swear I would. Re- that is me playing the guitar because he just played so similarly to the way I do. And so we met at that show, that was like 2018, 2019. We hit it off, but it wasn't anything that really connected on a deep rooted level we did two writing sessions together it wasn't like there were two great songs neither of us released the songs we enjoyed it but i think we were just at a point in our lives where our focus was somewhere else and so 2020 he was doing this project in lebanon he was writing a record with syrian refugees living in lebanon and he was having them collab with artists in L.A. So that way for them, it's like, man, A, I'm writing music and releasing it, which I would never get to do in my entire lifetime. And I'm doing it with people who live in L.A. who are doing this thing. Like, just he created a platform for them that they would never have had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to do. So he invited me to be part of that project. And that was when he and I really hit it off because there's a difference between – working with somebody who writes good music and you appreciate what they write, but when you hear somebody's heart behind why they do what they do, I found out why he creates music through that project. And he found out why I make music because we were, the first song we wrote for that project was a song called Hope. And so I was writing it with a Syrian refugee who I feel like I don't even understand hope when it's someone like that who has to leave their family, has to abandon their, can't even say his name for fear of being killed. And so he had to create a new name for himself and to think of a moment where you're so hopeless, but like you're coming out of you're somehow finding it. Like he was writing these words about hope that I'm like, I, I don't even know that I can add anything to this. But that was the moment where Jay and I really, that was the solidification of, man, we want to work together forever. Because we just both have similar hearts behind why we're in this industry. Because if we're just in it to make cool things, trying to make money, it's we're either going to burn out really quickly or we're going to live really shallow meaningless lives
1: and i think that's a lot of things that people don't get you got to find out your why for doing things you know and Mm -hmm. i think i think that's where you start with things why yeah and go from what what is your do you have i I kind of touched on it there but do you have a why yeah my
2: why is to lead people to and through love and so everything that i do if i'm end up working at a coffee shop i didn't lose in life because i'm still in a Scenario where I can lead people to and through love no matter what I'm doing. And so that was also monumental for me in the music industry because now I'm on a stage and I, I'm not thinking, how can I sound cooler? I'm thinking, how can I lead this room to and through love? Like, what can I do to create a moment where someone feels love and it makes them feel so loved that they want to love on other people? And so that's my why. And it changed, knowing your why, it, it literally changed
1: everything for me. That's amazing. That is. I love that. Now you also we also have a clothing brand that I love. Hey, be kind, kind, which is awesome. I don't know the story of of why it's backwards. I mean, it stands out, it pops out, it's backwards, but uh, why is that? I can't tell. What's that? I can't.
2: Oh, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Wow, you probably should. It's gonna help. (laughs) Yeah. So I was when I started releasing music as a solo artist in 2017. Mm -hmm. I wanted to release. A shirt for every song so my first song was love you better I did a little had a friend drop a design for me we made shirts for it and with that one y'all probably get this with the shirts that you made I had I had them pre-made so I had like three boxes of shirts sent to my home Mm -hmm. and of course (laughs) they're still sitting around (laughs) yeah and so I thought for the next song I should find a way that I can make these myself so I only have to make a certain number and not buy two hundred to get a better deal and then sell three of them and so I bought a heat press with vinyl and I made uh, I made merch from my song "Got You Baby," and of course, in true fashion of being a male in America, I th- pull everything out of the box and say, "I don't need to read anything it's simple. You put <laughs> it in here, cut it out it's good right? so I 'm making a shirt that says "Got you Baby," real big and I put on, it got you was on one vinyl stencil and the baby was on a a separate one. So I put on the got you printed it out. It's like, yeah, this looks good. I cut it out of the little vinyl thing. I put it on the heat press, put the heat (laughs) press down. The timer goes off. I'm like, yeah, it's going to look dope. Pull it off and it's backwards. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you had to do something on a setting to make the shirt go forwards. I had no idea. I should have read directions. So that happened. And it was actually kind of like. I actually like that. So I kept that, got you backwards in the baby forwards because I thought it just kind of looked cool. That shirt sold five or six. And so then I got this thought, I want to make a shirt that if you've never heard my music, you could wear it, you would like it, it could impact your life somehow. Like I didn't, I wasn't thinking as global as this has become, but I was thinking I would just want it where, you know, if someone had no idea who Aaron Kellum was, I don't want my name on the shirt. I don't want a song title. I just want something where it does connect people to me if they know, but if not, it's still a great shirt. And so kindness is all like, I've got be kind tattoo on my arm. It's just always been, I just think treating people with kindness, it can literally change lives if we're just conscious of it. And so I was like, you know what? I want to do a shirt that says be kind. And then I started thinking, how could I do this in a way that, because everyone's, you can go to Target and find 12 shirts that say be kind. But I was like, how could I do this in a way that changes the scenario? And that, triggered my thought because I printed that one backwards I was like okay if it's backwards that could be kind of cool and then I thought man actually this is this was like I felt like a brilliant light bulb go off because it's the epitome of what I think about kindness it's not me telling everyone else how to live their lives I just always lead by example and hope that that changes the atmosphere around me and so by putting it backwards the whole idea is that you can only realistically, I mean, you can read it if you're looking at it, but realistically, technically you can only read it in a mirror. And so the whole concept Uh, of the brand is that it's to remind yourself, if you're looking in a mirror or if you're taking a selfie, it's the reminder to tell yourself to be kind instead of telling everybody else to be kind. So you can be the person who's changing, uh, changing the, whatever around it. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. And then it always causes conversation, which has been the the part that I wasn't thinking about. Mm -hmm. But if you wear it, you're, you will literally get stopped anywhere you go. Either people will be like, be, k- be king? <laughs> so you got to talk about it. Man. Or they'll want to know like, be kind, but like, what's it, why is it backwards? And then in a the moment, you like have the perfect op- opportunity to just live out the shirt. Yeah.
0: Wow. How How can people how can people jump on the be kind? Where can you can
2: go to my website, com, or on Instagram. I've got a little
0: uh, Linktree solo link. On, on for, Aaron Kellum's yep. Instagram. Yep. does be kind doesn't have its own website not yet not yet yeah because it was gonna be
2: merch i just thought it would be merch i would sell and it just outgrew that but i'm just so uber focused on Mm -hmm. the music right now that i haven't really i own the website but i don't want to
0: put up a a shoddy little website i'm guessing you still don't print the shirts yourself i do that's what's up any person
2: you see wearing my clothing i made, made yes you're in yes. Your, yes. your living room with that i love it legit <laughs> yeah
1: remember us i always tried to get us to buy a <laughs> press and do our do ourselves right yep you know i get what you mean to, about the uh I shirts. we were gonna buy one one time and then the yeah. person that was
0: selling it backed out yeah. now nah, i'm gonna keep it
1: yeah. <laughs> and like having those boxes i still have like sh- like some old Pride shirts from like 2011 that I never got <laughs> rid of. That's why we do the online stuff. Well, you had now. a
0: huge, I mean, for a while, there was some inventory down at the uh, old oh, hit squad. Yeah. You had a lot of shirts there for a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's why you didn't actually bring Aaron a brick house shirt yeah, today. I, I, yeah, I
0: don't do that shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. There's none laying around. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get, I'll get, I think
1: I just got an email
2: maybe last year of someone from Bearhug, Jersey saying i have a box of i think i think that one was cds but it's that whole kind of cds are the same thing when you were making cds you had to print up a thousand to get a decent deal
1: and so he's like i've got two boxes of cds (laughs) you just i mean they're gonna be laying around for years man i love that be kind thing that is awesome we we should have ended on that right (laughs) that would have been a mic drop it was my next thing i was
0: gonna bring up too so (laughs)
1: um here's here's just some things i want to ask this were you on the price, it's a true false. Were you on the prices right? That is a true statement. Did I, yeah. You might have won. Did you win something on the I did, drive? yeah.
2: So when we moved to LA, A color television. My wife didn't have a job yet. And I was I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do musically.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so she looked up top 10 tourist things to do in LA. <laughs> She's like, we should just do them before we get jaded and never want to do. Yeah, you know, we don't want to be like the LA people who are riding the hollywood tour bus around <laughs> taking photos of hollywood boulevard so she found that price is right was one of the top 10 things to do and so she somehow found guaranteed tickets i don't know how she did it because that's not easy to do so we were guaranteed to be in the audience usually you have to go there and stay in the line and hope you get in but she found some tickets so we have the date to go i get a songwriting session and at that time i'm pretty new to la so i was like i don't think i can cancel this I don't think I can go to prices right, and she's like, "No, you're going to the prices right. <laughs> <laughs> I got his guaranteed tickets in yeah. five years, and we're not going to want to do any of this, so we're going to yeah. do it." And so she like kind of, she had to really fight for me to go. And so we go, and it is a long day. You're waiting in line. They have like different chambers that they take you in, and you sit and wait and wait and wait. And then you go in front of the producer of the show, and he takes the, like 15 people at a time. Just boom, boom. What's, what's your name? What do you do? What's your name? What do you, what's your name? What do you do? And he's like, "How you doing?" I was like, "I'm fantastic." He's like, "Yeah, you are." And then we—he like talked to me longer than anybody. I was like, "That might be a good sign. <laughs> Seems okay." And I was wearing a—I sh- wasn't wearing a shirt. But he asked me what I did, and I said I was—what uh, did I say I was? I was a—oh my gosh. Why can't I think of the word? Basically where my wife makes some money and I just do whatever she says. (laughs) Uh, I I, I forget what I said, but he was like intrigued by that when I said that was my occupation. So we go in and we're in the audience. So everybody
0: who goes into the prices, right, gets interviewed by the producer real quick to see if they're the...
2: Yeah, because they want to know, will you be super energetic? Will you be like the awkward guy who we still want on the show? Because some of the people they pick, I'm like, that's who they pick? But I think they're looking for different scenarios. Yeah, And so... I felt good about it, but they don't tell you that you're going to get picked. Literally, you're in there, and they say your name while everybody's cheering. So you can't really hear because they got the audience going crazy. And then they hold up a sign, too, that says your name on it. And so we're in the show. I'm never called. They put us in a spot because they try to put, like, energetic people on camera. So we're right in the middle. Do they tell
1: you to be energetic? Oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
2: And they have a hype man there who's getting you hyped up. And so... We get to—they're calling. It was literally—they're calling the last contestant of the day. They're like, "We have time for one more game. Who's going to be the lucky contestant?" And so everybody's going wild. We're just all cheering. You them. tell your wife, like,
1: F this, I knew I should have went to my.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. It was actually. She even said right before that, she goes, "This was so much fun. We should just do this again because it was so much fun." <laughs> and I was like, "It was." I agree. That was. Yeah. This has been a good time. We should yeah. do it again, even if we're not picked. It's just fun. And so we are cheering. They're calling the last contestant. Mm-hmm. And I don't hear the name. So I look up to see the name and it says Aaron Kellum on the poster. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the crowd right there. Thank you. So I can't hear anything. I see Aaron Kellum was like, what? <laughs> and so I get called down. I have one chance to get on the show. It was a computer that I was bidding on. I bid $1,100. Everyone else. I was the first one. To, so I, was, I no, had to no first 11. guess. 1101. There was an no. 1101. Oh, those, yeah, those so, people. Shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought for sure I'm not. And it was the person right after me said 1101. So the next person said 1102. And then the last guy who was up there the entire day said like seven days, something or <laughs> yeah. $7. But there was
0: a reason he's staying up there yeah. all day. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And so the last one, he said this weird $7 whatever. And then you hear the ding, 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 ding. Because somebody got it exactly right. And it's like, my number is kind of. A solid number. Yeah. It might be me. So I got on the show because I got it exactly right, 1100. I played tic-tac-toe. I won that game. So I won maid service, dinner for a year, and gas for a year. What? Maid service. <laughs> Made yeah, service. Yeah. Right? Dinner? Hold on. Say those back. again. You yeah. won wa- maid service for a year, dinner for a year, and gas for a year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's much better than a washing machine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> especially when you live in an apartment. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go back to it. So then you, yeah. Uh, so then after that, do you make? Then you go to the. S- yeah, we the go to wheel.
2: the wheel. Yeah, and we it's a three way tie. We all three got sixty five. I think it was, uh-huh. and so we all have w- one spin, and I win the spin off, and so I go to the showcase.
1: You're the. Sh- I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know any of this. I I'm just in heard the sh- you're on the price right.
2: I'm in the showcase. I can share the video. You can post <laughs> yes. it on. Uh, I've got we it. We definitely got to post yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's it's pretty amazing. And so I'm the big winner because the person i'm against i don't think she won her you prize. win the
1: showcase oh no no okay. so i get to bid first okay. yeah. and the
2: first one was a cruise a cabana outside cabana and a hot tub my wife hates cruises i'm not a big cruise fan mm-hmm. we live in an apartment i can't have a hot tub and a cabana i have nowhere to put that so i passed that and then she puts her number down they show my prize it was a new tv Xbox, a trip to Toronto, and a new car, a Toyota Yaris. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I bid $23,000. And when I say I bid, I looked at my wife. She told me what to bid. <laughs> She's very intelligent. Yeah. And so I bid $23,000. They come back, and they do hers first, and she was under by like 6000 So she had a chance, but 6000 is quite a bit. And they do mine, and it was like 23,600. <laughs> so I was t- so close to winning both prizes. I was but like, You
1: won the show for Yeah, so I won, a, I won
2: a car oh, trip to Toronto. Crap. Yeah. It was wild. Ah, it was amazing. wild. Yeah.
1: So tell me about the maid service. Yeah. How often would they come in? So that's the thing. You probably got screwed on that whole thing. You get. They probably did a couple months. Next thing you know, you can't get a hold of anybody. <laughs> they just Bob stole Parker. our. Stuff. I would, Bob I would have Bob not that. answering the phone.
0: I would have guessed they, they cut you a check. Like, so, hey, maid service for a year is going to be $8,000. Here's a check for that. Exactly. Gas for a year is going to be You're this smart. much. mofo, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's so exactly that's what what, did. Yeah, there were only a couple of things. The food for a year was California Pizza Kitchen. So they <laughs> they sent us, I think it was like $4,200 in gift cards to California Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> they
1: start to know you. They're oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. my but,
2: God. Yeah, so we go so often that they would just give us free stuff. And I was like, no, man, we don't need free. I'm trying to get rid of these gift cards because we have so many gift cards. <laughs> we're so
0: sick of this place. <laughs> right, let us be done. <laughs> that's
1: amazing. Yes. Were you giving them as gifts? I'd be mad. Yeah. Everybody, for Christmas, for birthdays, everybody's getting a California <laughs> well, Pizza Kitchen I I
2: would have, but they put like $1,000 on each one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it would be Ross. a great gift, but <laughs> yeah. not that kind. <laughs> I got to eat too. I'm not that kind. Yeah. But we would take people to there. dinner. Yeah. And we would, you know, like literally whatever you want. Yeah. Just had like get two appetizers, get a couple desserts. Was the gas with.
0: the same way? Was it a gas card?
2: Gas was actually cash. Maid service was cash. They didn't have the computer that I bid on at the very beginning. So that was cash. The <laughs> Xbox was cash. They didn't have that. They did have the TV, so we took that because we needed a new TV. Yeah. I took the trip to Toronto, uh, which was so much fun, and then they took the car too. The car yeah. now th- you still I have was, the car. We just got rid of it in February.
1: <laughs> you know, so uh, our dad Whitey, he'd always watch those game shows, and like somebody'd win a car, like Oh, you gotta pay a shit ton and crack cat taxes. Well, on that's that what I,
0: that's my next. That's what question. he always said. Did he <laughs> did <you know>, <laughs> I get wouldn't even want to win that. He <laughs> is not killed? wrong. Yeah. He is not right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we. Yeah, when did we did taxes, some, did that, you have some advice, or were you guys at that? I don't know how old you were. Were you looking down the road like, "Hey, we are going to get taxed on this, so we got it." Yeah, we we were smart ish about it. Yeah,
1: we My knew, wife was smart about it. Yes, right?
2: <laughs> we knew that we should probably put some of that money aside that they gave us, mm-hmm. but we also didn't have jobs at the time, so we were probably tapping yeah. in that a little bit. But we didn't know exactly how much it was going to be, and they don't tell you; they just say we can't advise you on anything. You just say yes or no if you want the prize Mm
1: -hmm. or the cash the prize or the yeah
2: so they're not helping you at the show they're not saying like hey you're young you should like be careful about this stuff they're saying Mm -hmm. we can't tell you anything Mm -hmm. we can't even tell you that it's gonna be a lot they just they can not say a word about any like monetary vision at all gotcha yeah and so we were we were prepared ish but when our ta- when our CPA told me what we owed that year, I wasn't fully prepared. <laughs> right, but you had the, you did have the, the. But we had, I mean, it yeah. was still cheaper than a brand new car, and we yeah, yeah, we needed yeah. a new car at the time too, so it was it was. All you
1: know, fun. like you don't get like the TV or like the Xbox or the computer, but like got the TV and and it'd be much. Oh yeah, too. Mm. But it's so much better to get the cash, but it's so much more fun to have the prize. Yeah. Like, Have this somebody come in and clean your house, you know? Yeah, right. And it's cool <laughs> to be able to say like, oh, that TV you're watching, I want that
2: on the prize. Yeah, right or they gave you a little uh, uh license plate cover that said i won this car and it, the price it is did right. yeah nice and so we kept so that I'll on there that? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> anyone behind us you'd always see people laughing and pointing i'm like what are they What are they? What are, what's wrong but it's That's always yeah, the license plate
0: how long were you living in la before this happened so we
2: moved there in september of 2013 and the show filmed in october but it didn't air until january
0: So right off the bat, though, we were, uh,
2: you know, and that's, you
1: know, and, and God does things for people who do great things. And you know what I'm saying? Like you probably did, there's probably wasn't a time in your life. You needed that money more. A hundred percent. You know? And it it was all the things like. You're the last one picked. That's. Yeah. And
2: you're not supposed to get any prize until it airs. So we were thinking, okay, we won't get anything until January. Mm -hmm. They sent the CPK gift cards in like November. And at that time, we were kind of running out of money. Yeah. We got dinner, babe. Yeah, if so nothing else we're gonna eat. Uh, every meal we were actually <laughs> getting to eat decently when we should have been having ramen and PB and J's. Wouldn't have
1: been great if, like, you know, I guess social media would have been born more of thing, and you would have like documented every time know, you went cool. and ate I there. Know, we that would have been amazing. <laughs> been
2: uh, I would be viral on TikTok <laughs> yeah. easily. That would be amazing. How did the
0: uh, how did the Toronto vacation go? Did you did that come quickly or did that take a while for? that whole thing to set up
2: that they had to wait. Did they say that? So that one, they contacted us right away, but we couldn't book it until it aired. Gotcha. I mean, we could book it that day, but it had, when you we went, go had to go. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so w- something happened where there was some weird back and forth with it. And the only time we could go was in January, which you don't really want to go to Toronto <laughs> in January. Uh, so we ended up going in January and, it w- they did a foodie tour as well. That was part of what I wanted. So there was a guy. When we got there, I think it was the next day that we were there. We go and they have they have a trolley system in Toronto that's really great public transport. You can get anywhere on this trolley in the town without getting stabbed. Yes, which is <laughs> really great. Uh, and so they take you on the tour that like you start at one end of the trolley system. He shows you different restaurants and they have like specific food they have you try. And so at the end of that. We went up to him like, hey, we're here because we won this trip on Price of Right. We really don't know what to do. Can you give us some things to do? And he's like, yeah, here's my number. Like, I'll give you some information. We ended up hanging out with him. Like, he invited us to his condo and, like, made a cheese plate for us and <laughs> showed us all these different wines. Then he took us out on the town. Uh, And so Toronto was actually – we had a really great time in Toronto. How minus long were we the there? Goal. We were there f- five days, I ah, think. So it was a good trip. Yeah, good, good trip. Yeah, Damn. but we were ready. The last day, we were like – we should just go to the airport right now. Like we don't want to be
1: in this cold any longer. It's awful. Instead of calling this true, or, true or false, I'm going to call it because fun facts So here's a fun fact: you you built a skate ramp in your in a bedroom, a spare bedroom at your house, a skate ramp, Ross, like the little half pipe thing. Is that that's true? Right? That is a true statement. Yeah. Were you guys yeah. just into skating, or just think this
2: would be fun? Or? Yeah. So my wife really got into quad skating. So like the old school roller skates oh, that you use at yeah, roller rinks, yeah. but they're just like shredding up skate parks, just doing tricks and half pipes. And so she got really into that during COVID and so much into it that she's like, I think we could put a half pipe in our spare bedroom at our apartment. <laughs> We're in an apartment. It's not at home.
1: Could, I think we could put a rhinoceros in there too, but I don't know that <laughs> right. do it.
2: I was like, well. but you know, there's, there is, you probably get this with your wife. There's something when you see your wife do something that she is so passionate about, that you will do anything mm-hmm. to keep that spark, yeah, because it's like it does something to your heart when you see there's a joy that's so different when it's like that's their passion, and they love doing it, and so for me, it was like, of course well, yeah, we do a half pipe in let's do it, so yeah, we now have a little mini <laughs> half pipe In a spare bedroom of an apartment <laughs> complex
1: that's that's fun, yeah, um who would uh I like this question well because I came up with it um who would who would perform the soundtrack of your life? If there was a sound they made an Aaron Kellum movie, who what what artist, what musician, what band oh. would be the do the soundtrack? That is a great question. See, Ross? Oof. Who would I prefer to do it? I guess, yeah. You
0: can answer That's this true. any yeah. any way you want. This is the Aaron Kellum podcast.
1: Who would nail it? Mm. Who would nail it though? I would prefer an
2: artist named Amos Lee to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a singer-songwriter. He he was the reason I fell in in love with the songwriting aspect of music. So I was doing the pop-punk band at the time when I was introduced to him, and his songwriting captivated me. He used to be an English teacher, so he's very good with words. He quit just out of the blue to start writing music full-time. So he would be who I preferred. I think who would nail it would be probably Johnny Swim. I think Johnny Swim would nail it. See, we
1: don't know. We don't. I don't
2: know. I bet you. I bet you know some of their songs without yeah, knowing that you know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very much. Uh, they write really happy songs, but they also write songs that are very detailed about real stuff in life. It's a
1: husband-wife duo. She's
2: Diana, Diana Ross's daughter, I believe. They're
1: insane. Um. What advice would you give a young person who's uh, wanting to start out, get into the music industry? I
2: was going to say don't, but that's that's not good advice. Uh, Honestly, I would say lead with personality first. Like, Definitely get good at your craft. You want to practice all the time. The thing that you want to do, make sure that you are an expert at it. But even more than that, I would learn how to Treat people in a way where you're putting them first in the rooms. Like, l- make other people comfortable. Make sure if you're using someone's space, like, notice that the trash can's full. Ask them to take it out. All those little things that make people want to invite you back into the room. I would put so much attention on that. And I would not, I wouldn't try to, like, do a, one little niche in life. Like, if you want to be in a band and be a popular band, I wouldn't make that the end-all be-all. I would be open. If you get to do music for a living, like I didn't think licensing would be a thing that I was doing and putting a lot of attention in, but I'm still getting to do music. I'm doing what I love. It wasn't the exact route of being a pop star on a major stage right away. I think eventually I might get to that point, but I wouldn't, if I was telling someone younger, I would, I would say be open to like anything in the industry and don't say no to stuff. Just be a, be a yes man be wise about it but always be thinking of the other people in the room it kind of goes back to
0: your quote in that magazine article
2: yeah a hundred percent yeah yeah I would be someone who wanted other people wanted to invite back not because of how good I was but because they just love being around me
1: is there a right like you're in the studio all the time is there is there a rising star that you know just is going to just blow the roof ooh, off the ooh. place that we should know about that people I, can start looking for?
2: I sure do. Uh-huh. Her name is Olivia Knox. Olivia Knox. Yes. We've been writing with her for about a year now. Uh-huh. And the first time that we wrote with her, she's young. She just moved to LA to go to start college. So she was 17, I think, our first session. And her parents were there with us. Uh, And I remember, they were like, you know, parents are going to hype up their daughter a little bit. So I was thinking, okay, she seems like she might be all right, but it's also parents telling you things. When we started writing that song, it was basically her doing everything. And she's great at writing lyrics. She's great at coming up with just the best melodies you could think of. She plays guitar, so she's writing it. Like, you don't really get all of that in one human too often, especially not a human who's 17, who just moved to this city. And so the first session we had with her i remember texting her afterwards and i was like hey if you just are conscious about making the right decisions and you don't quit doing what you're doing you are gonna you'll be like probably top 100 artists in this industry she is probably the most overall talented songwriter singer that I've ever worked. It really with. blew up
0: that head right off the bat.
2: You,
1: you heard it first here <laughs> on the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. Yes, Olivia Knox. People, look her up. Look her up. Be on the watch for her. Yes. Now you've been on stage with uh, all kinds of different people, like Switchfoot, Gin Blossoms. Which Gin Blossoms take? That was my college days. Hey. Like, jealousy. Hey, jealousy. Uh-huh. going ride around this. You boy. know how many hits those guys have? <laughs> I was a big Gin Blossom at moms at moms at Eastern. Man, listen to Gin Blossoms. Now
2: every time we at the grocery
1: store. Uh, <laughs> one republic blueberry uh i'm sorry chuck berry mm-hmm. chuck berry and mm-hmm. blueberry hill yeah yeah i heard you had an interesting story like with him like because he's kind of a he's kind of a god yeah you know? big and especially deal. In, in in all globally but also in st louis you know what yes. i'm saying
2: and at his own restaurant so that's what we yeah, played blueberry, with him at blueberry yeah, hill right. and i remember th- when we get there there is i think it was on a piece of paper in the green room mm-hmm. and it was like basically the do's and don'ts of playing with Chuck Berry and it was like no mom was like do not say his name on the stage <laughs> That's weird He's like If you see him Sir Do King. not talk to him <laughs>
1: If you see him Do not talk yeah, to him Yeah Don't
2: even approach him Don't say Like let, if he wants to talk to you He will
1: I have those same rules At Pride Ross <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's good to have boundaries You know Yeah You know Chuck Berry So when uh, When I was a little kid You know We were pretty poor And we And I had a record player And different people Would give us Give me records Give me records Or whatever uh-huh. And I, I only had Like a select few But I would listen to them Over and over. Like I've talked about this before Kenny Rogers Greatest yes. I know every song, you know, Ruby and, and, and Coward of the County and Gamble, I can know every song on there from front to back. And we I had the single, I had a Chuck Berry single. Okay. Okay. And once one side I think was school days or a song that never really did much. And the but the other song became my go-to karaoke song for a very long time. You wanna hear that song? Yes. Here's a, here's a little bit of it, Ross. Okay, you ready? Once I was swimming across Turtle Creek man them snappers all around my feet it sure was hard swimming across that thing with both hands holding my dingling <laughs> yeah. my dingling my dingling I want you to play with my ding-a-ling. <laughs> so I had that little record as a kid and, uh, and amazing I would sing that to like I, I I was doing this in in college too later but I would sing that as a little kid and like our parents and their friends would think it was the funniest thing ever because I'm just running around and I don't really know what exactly I'm saying right you know, I'm saying All right singing my ding a <laughs> but that well, should still be your karaoke song well <laughs> yeah i wouldn't switch that up yeah maybe maybe we'll come back to that
0: <laughs> what, what was your running with with him
2: so he actually he would always show up in his uh, he had some sort of convertible that he pulled up in came in and he actually greeted us backstage he's like hey I, he said he liked our sound. He didn't actually hear us play, but did he said, you, your, Did you put your eyes on A 100%. Eyes yeah, down. I was like, I know I can't look him in the eyes, so I'll probably get <laughs> fined or something like that. But yeah, he was nice enough to at least say hi to us. He thanked us for being there, which I thought was Gosh. cool. Uh, but that was it. And I, it was so hard because you want to hype up who you're playing. Like, y'all ready for Chuck Berry? I can't say that. So I just had to <laughs> like be very focused on not and you're opening for Chuck Berry. Yeah. I want to say something <laughs> yeah, about <yeah>. that. <laughs> right. But I had to just pretend that we weren't. It was so strange.
0: Thank you. Someone else someone else will be <laughs> yeah. out next. There's <laughs> going to be more music. No, yeah, I th- would stick around. Coming now, the
1: King of St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's what's uh, and are we doing we're doing the Mount Rushmore. What yeah, what, what is oh, your, yeah. What is your Mount Rushmore of all time like either singers or bands or <laughs> or whatever. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the guy whose name we cannot say <laughs> <laughs> this guy I opened for
2: <laughs> uh, Amos Lee would have to be on that list his songwriting is phenomenal it changed my trajectory as a songwriter um, trying to think of artists honestly I would put I would put someone like Harley Schmidt up there even though he's not like a famous artist,
1: but so you're going for influence. I think people? I'm gonna go yeah, for influence. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, he would definitely be on there because him taking the time to teach me how to play guitar and sing in the context that he did changed everything for me. Uh, my parents would definitely have to go on there. They, I mean, my mother is like the epitome of kindness. She's mm-hmm. basically Mother Teresa uh embodied in a different human being and my dad he he is like the i'm gonna show it by my actions like we walked into brick house tuesday on his birthday we we go to get a can i say this yeah it's already passed we go to get a gift certificate for somebody's birthday Mm -hmm. and not his own and we have a drink and the second we walk in he sees two police officers there and so we say hi to them. The first thing he does is finds their waitress and pays for their meal. Oh. Like he's just he's not gonna ever talk about that stuff. He's not gonna hype himself up when it comes to that stuff. But he showed me the example of just how to how to be kind and love people in a moment like that and not have not have it be something that's like the social media look at me, look at what I'm doing. Like for him to drop a hundred dollar tip on somebody, like he'll do that kind of stuff just out of nowhere, just cause like he wants to, he wants to brighten someone's day, wants to let someone know that they're valuable, and so both of them have really been catalysts in
0: this whole be kind movement in my life. I'm, I'm sitting at the bar, they eating lunch, and they walk in, and me and Aaron start talking. <clears throat> I'm like, I mean, I, I watched them walk in the front door, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, d- I was confused. I'm like, did, did you guys already eat? Like, uh, what? he's like, No, no. He's kind of looking at me, and I'm like. Your dad's already
1: paying. <laughs> He's already cashing out. <laughs>
2: yeah, the first thing he did was buy, buy their their lunch.
1: So Amos Lee, Harley Schmidt, your parents?
2: Yep, my parents would be up there. I think... Who else would be up there? There would be a conglomerate... When I was at church here in Bethalto, so after Kristen, my wife, went to... We knew we wanted to... Have our relationship like rooted in faith in in the church, and so I took her to the Lutheran church one Sunday, and she's like, "Okay, if we're gonna make this a priority, this is not gonna be the place that we do it because it, you know, it's similar to the Catholic church where mm-hmm. if you're not used to that and you didn't grow up in it, it could feel very, very stiff. Structurally, yeah, yeah, it's a very reverent thing, but it can also feel stale if you don't know what's going on. And so we ended up going across the street to, at the time, it was Bethalda First Christian Church, I think was what it was called at that time. And the pastor there, John Blackmore, and his wife, Laura, uh, we had marriage mentors, Court and Rebecca Herman. And then there is an elder, Craig and Minor, and his wife, Sherry. The six of them would be like one part of my Mount Rushmore. Because in that year and a half that we stayed here when we were trying to sell our house, The amount of growth that my wife and I had as individuals and as a couple, if we would have moved to L.A. without that, and it was all because of the six of their mentorship and leadership in our lives, if we wouldn't have had that in that year and a half, I don't know what things would look like for us in L.A. I think we'd have been okay, but there was so much that we learned. There were so many things that we started prioritizing that we hadn't been prioritizing in our lives. And so the six of them would definitely be on my Mount Rushmore is they were just the greatest. You guys talk about it on the podcast a lot. Having somebody that you see that you want to do what they're doing, asking them, like, hey, can I just shadow what you're doing? That was kind of what it was. We saw Courtney and Rebecca, and we said, we love the way that you are as a couple. We love the way you treat your kids and have interactions with your kids. Would you want to mentor us? And that, the two of them, pastor and his wife, the elder and his wife, Changed everything for us. That's a,
0: uh, I, I like that. That's not something we've talked about. Like we're talking more of a mentor of you know you want to do this, but never really business wise. Yeah, and then they that's do it relationship wise. That's that's mm-hmm. good advice. Yeah, yeah, it's massive.
1: And that you at such a young age, you had like the just the wherewithal to do that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> I really don't know how.
2: <laughs> I don't. I think probably John, the pastor, encouraged it, and my wife is just wise. I mean, she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very smart human being, so she she was prioritizing things differently than I was at the time because I just wanted to be a little rock star. Yeah. She's, and
1: she seemed like she's been, like, so supportive of, like, you know, just going out to L.A. It's like, that's not like the physical therapist capital of the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally, so she's yeah. Been, yeah. She's been yeah. down with you from day one. It's been amazing. Well, not day one, but well, she brought yeah. a bodyguard. Down with some, down with some <laughs> other people. questionable. Skip, some yeah. other abuse, she was down with some and other, got other a bodyguard. <laughs> for, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Maybe, uh, like...
0: Day 12. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. What's what's next for Aaron Kelm? Uh,
2: next for Aaron Kelm I'm still releasing a new song every month. And so What's uh, next? What's next song?
0: November song will be
2: a song called Around the Tree. It's mm-hmm. a Christmas song. I've never oh, around. I've oh. never written and released a Christmas song before. Uh-huh. And it's uh, it's really my take on Leaving Home. And there are so many mixed feelings around holidays because my wife and I decided when we moved to L.A. that we wanted to have our own Christmas tradition because we wanted to start something that we knew every year we would do as a family, whether it's the two of us, if we eventually adopt kids, whatever it is. And so we go to the beach every Christmas. We get coffee, go to the beach, explore tide pools and stuff. And then there's a Mexican restaurant we go to. We grab rice and beans and a pitcher of margaritas. (laughs) And so we have a tradition set to where we probably won't come home for Christmas because we wanted to intentionally have that thing. And so there's always mixed feelings around Christmas time because I really love that we've done that and that we have that. But then there's those elements you think back on, you know, waking up with family, yeah. opening presents together, going to a relative's house and all the nieces and nephews and uncle. everyone's there hanging out. And knowing that I'll probably never have that again, A, because everyone's already like all those families when you're younger, kind of separated, different parts of the, the state and the country. And just because we probably won't be coming home too much for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so the song is really that mixed bag of emotions of like even though it's hard, my favorite memory it will be it's like the hardest thing to beat, it's having all my family around the tree. That's like the hook of the song. That I still have the memories and that's enough for me to, you know, get through every holiday of not being able to be here physically.
1: Dig it
0: goals you haven't accomplished yet are still in front of you
2: yep uh i am going to be touring south korea japan uh philippines that is that's been a goal since getting into the licensing world because i've just i've had the most random success in south korea specifically so i have a lot of fans in south korea and now in japan uh, there's been a tv show in the philippines that's been using my music so i'm gaining a lot of momentum there and so that has been a goal for the past two years. And I think we're talking February that it might be reality. So that's been a big goal is to get over in the Asian market because I have a really good following there. I just haven't really known how, like, how do you just show up in South Korea and say, I'm here? <laughs> here I am. Yeah. <laughs> so having to find people to partner with to make that happen, yeah. that's been a big goal. Uh, another big goal would be eventually having a million st- monthly listeners on my music. Uh, which I'm not close to yet, but that is the whole strategy with releasing a new song every month, just to keep building that catalog, uh, getting momentum and growth, and then uh, opening for an artist in the states on their headlining tour. So me being an opening act, uh, I would love for that to happen next year. I like think. who
1: who would you like that to be? Like there, just uh, just uh, you know, like what level or there's a guy whose
2: name is Jake Scott. And Mm -hmm. so I've actually done some sessions with him and he's selling out probably two to 400 person rooms. Mm -hmm. And so that would be the perfect spot for me because I have a small enough audience to where I can be really intimate and really like engage with them on an eye level basis. And his fan base, I think, would be very similar to my fan base. So a tour like that would be perfect. And he's just- Jake Scott. Jake Scott. He's a listener, Ross. (laughs) It's gotta be.
0: What's what's your favorite song that- you've done personally
2: oh i think it would be my song hold you it was i wrote it at a time so the guy who produced my first few songs his name is will pierce he was i i posted a clip on instagram of me singing this song just playing my guitar in a chair like this and he said what is that i love it and i wanted to work with him but I felt very insecure because he was kind of a different level in his Mm -hmm. career than I was. And so he agreed to produce my first song. And then we just, it really worked. We kept working together. And so he and I became really good friends and he was going through a really, really tough divorce uh, a few years into me knowing him. Uh, He was like fighting for his wife to stay, even though she had, uh, she cheated on him. And he was still like the one who was fighting for that relationship to last and I remember him telling me these things about what he missed the most about his wife. And it was the simplest things you would ever... Like, he missed just, like, the smell of her waking up in the morning. miss missed, like, when her hair would brush by him. or These things that happen to us every day that we just wouldn't think twice about. Those are the things he really missed. And so I wrote this song. It was kind of a me really feeling... His situation, even though it's not my situation, but I really deeply felt it because I was really good friends with him. And then me telling my story of like, oh man, there's so many things I really love about my wife that I take for granted every single day. And so that song, it's definitely been my most popular song, but it's also been one that it was just that little like inkling of a reminder of what I love so much about being married to my wife. And it's not anything complex. It's just very simple, like, I love the way your smile drives me ca- crazy when you're not around. Like I can picture your smile and it makes me feel a way. And, uh, and it was my first endeavor into like an R&B sound. And I was always very afraid of that because I'm a white kid from Bethalto, Illinois. So I was afraid that I couldn't do anything even close to mm-hmm. R&B world. And so it was a really big song for so many reasons for me to release to the world. And so that's Hold You's probably my my favorite song I've written.
0: Does your research over there have anything else for Aaron?
1: Does <laughs> <is> yours? No. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a great show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'll gonna s- lie. I'm like so, and I've said this on the show. Like his theme song shocked me. Like it, I'm not saying I didn't think you would do a good job. It was just, it was when well, we
0: we expected something different.
1: Different and, and got
0: exactly what we wanted.
1: And I'm not gonna lie. Th- this show was amazing. It was yeah. better than I thought it was. I thought <laughs> it was gonna be bad. But it was it was amazing. Learned a lot. I mean yeah. it makes you want to be a better person. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah, you come on. come on. Come um, on. I will <laughs> say let me say this.
2: <laughs> I was talking I'll get you three shirts. <laughs> uh I was I was talking to Jared Reynolds and Joey Lish last night, talking about being on the podcast today. I will say you guys are really, really I know you you've gotten better about not talking about, you know to our two listeners that kind of stuff because people are listening. You guys are really great at what you do. I think about podcasts I listen to that they have to cut stuff out all the time because there was an awkward moment or <laughs> you the way y'all flow, the, the way that you communicate with the people, I've never heard someone come on here and feel nervous or jittery. Like you set the tone for people feeling very comfortable in the space, which is not easy to do. So I want to give the two of you kudos. <laughs> well, you guys are Really great. I know you're figuring out, we were talking about tech stuff, and you're figuring things out as you go, but as just two human beings who have conversations with other human beings, you guys are really, really great. And I listen because of nostalgia of my hometown, but also, you guys, you bring up really
0: interesting things and pull things out of people that you don't get every day from people. So, y'all are amazing at what you do. I I do like and really appreciate the fact that someone else does see it, because it's something we're big on, is getting that person, that seat to feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people, you know, they'll get up afterwards and be like, man, I was nervous when I came in, but we just had a conversation, you know, and that we are really big on that. We want somebody to come in, feel comfortable, sit down and and just talk. And, you know, there, there's a, there's a guy out there that, that we'd love to have on the show. Um, but he won't come on, you know, won't drop names because he thinks we're going to bring up some things that he doesn't want to talk about, but that's not the case. We're just trying to get people's stories yeah. and to motivate other people. And,
1: and, and I think what helps us is that we're brothers. Do you know what I'm saying? We just have that connection. We've known each other from, you know, I've known him since the day of his birth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it just, it just, it, I think that helps a lot. And we have a good dynamic, you know, we make, we're funny about like, you know, I do the research and he doesn't do crap, mm-hmm. but do you know what I'm saying? What he does is he listens and he takes things out of what as you're saying it in the present where i'm like have the research and go back and look at things so i think that we didn't even mean to do that it just sort of happens uh, yeah sort of works and works well you know me and him when we first started doing this like we wanted we wanted to get three things out of it we wanted to have fun Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying A kind of little bonding experience with us and it has been that Um, we wanted to talk about our businesses we have businesses and you know, we want we want to kinda of talk about that and direct people to that which we don't really do anymore. No, it was <laughs> more
0: about, you know, talking about them and sharing our experiences
1: and our growth with it, you know. Yeah. And and then our third thing was we'd like to make a little money out of it. We are way <laughs> we are a long ways from there. We've we've done the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Yeah. We have not even come close to that. Good thing we're having fun. I <laughs> <laughs> think that's number one. Our relationship has w- really went we have, up. We have the relationship, the <laughs> fun. So much better. Number
2: three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, so yeah. we appreciate yeah. you saying oh, that. Thanks for coming on, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks I really oh, appreciate it. Some really
0: good stories. I love that Be Kind and in the, in the Mirror. Man, that that, that hits
1: positivity. me. Positive. And if you follow him on social media, or if you don't follow him on social media, try oh, to wait. do that. And uh, I mean, everything he puts up is just positive. All your songs are positive. They're just feel good. You know what I'm saying? Thank it's, you. It's really feel good stuff. So we yeah. super appreciate it, brother. So this has been the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Loxicutioner. Slay on, brother. Slay on, brother.